I look at ESG as tailwinds in the right direction. They are definitely lifting the conversation of impact right up to the C-suite level. Impact is becoming a strategic decision by organizations. And then clearly the role of the corporate social impact practitioner becomes bigger than ever. He has to then figure out how to deploy this capital productively, report on its impact, whether it's having its goals met. I think they need to take heart. It's all going in the positive direction. Hello and welcome to Corporate Social Impact Insights. I'm Siddharth Chatterjee from the AVPN Academy team, and this is a series where we interview experts and leaders to learn about how we can amplify our contribution as practitioners in the corporate social impact space. The following is my conversation with Komal Sahu, Chief of Sustainable Finance at AVPN. The topic of our discussion was utilizing ESG trends to become a leader in corporate social impact. We hear about ESG or environmental, social and governance concerns often in the social investment space, but it was a privilege to have somebody of Komal's experience break down the deeper implications of ESG trends for corporate organizations. In this conversation, we discuss the opportunities and risks for corporate organizations from ESG trends today, and also how corporate social impact practitioners can amplify their contribution within their organizations by responding proactively to ESG requirements. We also discussed the implications of the recent anti-ESG wave and closed off with some of Komal's final suggestions for impact practitioners. I learned a lot from this conversation and I'm delighted to be able to share this with you now. Welcome to the Corporate Social Impact Insights podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to be sitting opposite, well, virtually, of course, Komal Sahu. Chief of Sustainable Finance at AVPN. Komal, thank you so much for being with us today. To get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at AVPN? Thanks, Sid. This is really an opportunity to, to present AVPN, to talk about our work and what we do. I look after sustainable finance at AVPN. My work involves communicating with family offices, taking them through an impact journey. I often engage with wealth managers, as well as institutional investors, DFIs, and so on, to again, engage and connect them to opportunities within our member base, which could be impact funds, direct opportunities, which are on our deal share platform. It's very engaging for me because I come with a background in accountancy and tax. I find that it allows me to use a skill set that I have, which is very financial and technical, that I can then actually put an impact lens on the work that I do. So personally, it's uh, very rewarding for me. That's great. Thanks so much, Komal. So today we're talking about utilizing ESG trends to become a leader in corporate social impact. Lots of big words and mnemonics there. But maybe let's just get started by talking about what these ESG trends are in the first place. So as ESG reporting becomes more important for investors, maybe institutions, could you tell us a little bit about how these trends are impacting businesses? ESG has been basically primarily seen as a compliance burden thus far by corporates. Uh, so it's required them to report and many stock exchanges, especially as companies get listed on these stock exchanges, impose that compliance requirement. 
Previously, it used to be explain why you are in a position not to report on your ESG performance. Now it's almost become a compliance burden. Alongside with your annual report, you're also providing them with an ESG report as to your performance. And it's it's a backward-looking report. What we want ESG to do is to turn on its head. I mean, it's a great, I would say, tool because it lets you see your performance but it also is a great tool to help you engage, perform better. So I think that's what we want ESG to become, to become a forward-looking tool such that you can get better impact performance being reported on by companies. And where there are shortages or where there are shortfalls, they can then take uh, proactive action to address that within their company, within their right. policies. That's what we would like to see in terms of what ESG has become and what these trends are. Right, right, absolutely. And I think if you go further into it, businesses that take ESG kind of in that proactive sense as it is evolving and it's very much an evolving kind of field. As we take ESG proactively, there are lots of opportunities that you can have in the way that you have impact as a business. And I think on the flip side, what we are often talking about AVPN is also that there are tons of risks to not being proactive with your impact and with your environmental social governance reporting and also just understanding how your business impacts the world in all of these ways. So what are those potential opportunities for being proactive with ESG reporting and what are the risks of not being proactive or being caught behind? So I think we have to split E, S and G separately. G has been focused right. on governance. Governance means that there is good measures in place within companies to enhance the economic opportunity for all of the stakeholders within the business, not just the shareholders. So governance has always had that lens from the C-suite. But now what it means is that the E and the S, which is the environmental and the social aspect, is also seeing the kind of focus that it needs. We are seeing a lot more in the E space, simply because climate change has made it imperative for businesses to take that on board. We're seeing increasingly conversations as to how you reduce your carbon footprint as an organization. So we are seeing that, you know, there's this trend towards decarbonization. There's a trend towards reducing your carbon emissions. Uh, and that's not just at your company level, but also from your suppliers in terms of the products that you produce. And that, I think, if companies don't take that into account, you know, given the urgency around climate change, we will see, you know, some businesses cease to exist because climate change cannot be ignored. And if it's ignored, right. it's ignored at your detriment. Now, the other aspect of the ESG is the social. I think previously, the social piece has been viewed very narrowly. It's been viewed as what kind of community engagement programs we can do, what kind of volunteering employees can do. Now, S has to go beyond that. We know that the SDGs need to be addressed where numbers are catastrophic. 4.5 trillion is the shortfall on an annual basis. And we, we have till 2030 to achieve these. And we know what it means for not addressing the social issues within the communities, within the countries, within the, the continents within which you operate, right? So I think we are going to see a greater adoption of social and that you actually have to monitor your performance. You have to monitor your right. impact with everything you do, uh, right. with how you run your business, how you engage with your employees, the health and safety of employees, 
how you look at the communities to whom you're selling your products, where what your suppliers are doing in terms of, for example, if you could have a fabric manufacturer that's, you know, we've seen the issues around not paying your employees adequately, not providing health and safety, right. and suddenly people cease to buy your product. So it has a direct impact. Your social performance, your environmental performance starts having a direct impact on your bottom line. People stop using your particular brand if you are a poor performer. So I think companies cannot afford to ignore ESG. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned these examples because I think one of the things it shows is that because larger companies, more global companies are already quite aware of not all the ways, but some major ways in which they're being impacted. But even for smaller businesses, say businesses that are more local, they are going to be impacted, even if they don't have those institutional investors, they're going to be impacted by the businesses that they sell to, that they might be suppliers to. They may be asked to, if they're not already being asked to report on uh, their own impact metrics um, from businesses that they are kind of supplying, which are themselves to do that ESG reporting. So it's going to have this kind of ripple effect on businesses of all sizes, no matter how local or globally spread out you are. So it's, it's the, um, that entire value chain, Sid, that needs to be taken into account. You know, yeah. the entire work in progress of a, or the, the ingredients of a product all the way to the final piece when it hits the market, right? So I think at each stage of that product's build, there needs to be focus on because the backlash that comes is important to take into account, right? And the negative publicity Absolutely. that poor performance can have. Now, the other thing that is important is there are investors. Now, whether you're a small business or a large business, you do need capital, right? right. So often the investors are coming with an ESG is strong. They don't want to be reputationally linked with a poor performer, right? At the end of the day, they have their own, the investors have their own reporting obligations. So they want to see that down the line, whoever they're giving capital to is also a great performer. And what they, we will find is that we are seeing these products come into play where there's a reduced charge, a reduced coupon, a reduced levy for taking borrowing from these or, or seeking money from these investors at concessional rates or sub-market rates simply because uh, they are trying to address ESG. So you could have a sustainability-linked right. bond, you could have a green bond, where you can tap this capital at a somewhat discounted rate uh, right. to what a, a market you know, rate would be if it wasn't trying to address these SDG goals. Right. There's twofold piece to it. Right. Firstly, what it means for you as an organization from a branding, but also if, as you're going out to raise capital. Right. Right. So as you pointed out, there's also an opportunity for organizations that are really able to take the initiative and do this work quite holistically. They may be able to benefit from actually being able to raise capital, say, as part of a sustainability fund. And I think that's definitely something key to look into. I think another point, and we are going to talk very soon about how this applies to corporate social impact practitioners specifically. But I think we should address another question, which is perhaps the anti-ESG wave that we've been seeing in recent times. And uh, whether you think that's a serious concern for businesses that are looking to, you know, just adopt ESG reporting, is it something for them to wonder whether ESG is going to be important going forward? So is that a serious concern or more of a trend that you don't see 
holding up for a very long time. So I think we saw uh, the drive towards sustainability come out of Europe. I think Europe, EU was driving a lot of the ESG requirements for businesses, whereas North America, specifically the United States, has been on a different trend from the EU. And part of it is because the way ESG has become politicized. And I've heard this before, had Al Gore not made the inconvenient truth, so it had not become a Democrats versus Republican issue, but a bipartisan issue, which everybody saw climate change should be and to be. Right. Perhaps we wouldn't have seen. Now it's, it's, it's two camps. You're starting to see, you know, Texas, Florida. There's increasingly governors and minister, uh, senators sort of saying, oh, we do not want ESG to be a criteria, to be used by our pension funds and how our institutional investors and how they deploy right. capital. So I think that goes against the fiduciary duties, by the way, of a pension fund, because if you don't right. take, if you're specifically excluded from taking a certain mandate into account, and that mandate has a direct impact on your performance, it seems counterintuitive. Right. So, uh, but I also think this politicization of this issue should, uh, I think it's playing to certain sensibilities and investors need to be aware that those are not the sensibilities that have a direct impact on the bottom line. Um, right. There's the multiple issues globally that need to be addressed. There are multiple issues within their geographies that need to be addressed. And I think um, politicizing this is clearly wrong. Right. And uh, it, it defeats the object of what an institutional investors. And then the thing is, those that are seeking capital from these institutional investors should not cower in the face of what is happening at a political level. Right. If they, as an asset manager, have ESG as one of the criterias in which they deploy capital, they should still continue to do so. They should not be unduly influenced by this uh, political backlash. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you mentioned there is that this may not be a phenomena that is global, first of all. It could be, it seems like, it is a rather political phenomena and maybe largely in the North American continent. Mm -hmm. And I think the other aspect to pay attention to is the fact that whether or not currently the semantic debate about ESG over the long term, we do know that impact is going to be very important on all these fronts. We talked about the environment. We talked about the social impact of a business. And we talked about you know, how businesses are run and how diverse their leadership is. All of these things we know are going to be more and more important as mm. and there is a large trend that businesses are being seen as not just for profit entities but entities that have a purpose and have a holistic impact on the world you've seen that for sure in for example patagonia right yeah. uh, patagonia you know they they basically see themselves as you know the earth uh, their CEO is their shareholder. At the end of the day, right. they feel the count. So there's this whole drive towards repair, recycle, reuse. You right. know, uh, so it, and I think we're going to see some of that. All it's done is get more consumers to Patagonia because yeah. they see the impact of their their dollars that they spend 
having a positive impact on the environment. For, and yeah. So I think there is a good business case for overall impact thinking from the C-suite level. Right. And I think that that is going to translate into financial dollars, you know, basically for, right. for the companies. Yeah, right. absolutely. That's a fascinating topic, but we're going to take a bit of a turn now to speaking about specifically our community of corporate social impact practitioners and how they can see ESG as perhaps an opportunity to scale or increase their impact within their own business. Right? So for corporate social impact practitioners who are listening to this, how can these ESG trends be used or allow them to help their businesses become more impactful and more aware of the impact that they're having? I look at ESG as tailwinds in the right direction. They are definitely lifting the conversation of impact right up to the C-suite level. Impact is becoming a strategic decision by organizations. So I think in terms of if you were to speak to corporate social impact practitioners today versus corporate social impact practitioners a decade ago, they would have seen, already felt the impact of that trend they will increasingly, I find, be contacted by members of their boards, members from their executive committees, and they may well be even at committee level, sustainability committees set up within organizations. You're seeing that people join that at the executive committee level in organizations. So I think the corporate social impact practitioners are seeing this conversation on social impact being elevated, which it Previously, as I said, was more about volunteerism, community engagement programs, small quantums of giving. And I think also governments have taken certain initiatives. For example, in India, there is this 2% giving towards corporate social goals, right? So you are seeing yep. CSR being resulting in 2% of profits on an annual basis being given. So the pools of capital, so government felt that some of the philanthropy, some of the social goals could be addressed by this large pool of capital within a country, within the corporate sector that could have. So I think when you look at 2% is a very large figure, it increasingly then becomes a C-suite conversation. So we're going to see, so the, here there's a meshing of what a government's thinking is and also a corporate thinking is. And then clearly the role of the corporate social impact practitioner becomes bigger than ever. Right. Because he, he has to then figure out how to deploy this capital productively and right. report on its impact as well, right? Yeah. And whether it's having its goals being met. So I think all in all, I'd say it's a very, very positive trend. Right, absolutely. And I think one of the key ideas here is also that because this is a C-suite level conversation, that is going to elevate the role of corporate social impact practitioners as well, because they're going to be directly in conversation with, and their agenda is going to also be in the minds of the leadership of the organization. And that's yeah. that's an opportunity to really have an impact within your own organization and really propose ways that your organization can better understand the impact it's having and move towards you know being more impactful. And there are all these I think as we've talked about, there are all these business cases and financial reasons for the organization to take these things seriously. And that's a very And I think also it, it's where corporate social impact has sat within the organization as well. It'll, it right. may have been within the foundation that the organization had set up, or it could have been within a small component of human resources 
right? Mm. So now, is it a division of business that is seeing the reporting levels change, the engagement levels change, and how does it embed itself across all the business divisions, across all the business lines? That's important as well to see. Then you know from within the organization that corporate social impact is being taken seriously being right. taken at a level where it needs to be. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's really something that we can look forward to is how kind of the role of corporate social impact grows and has an impact across the business, not just within a particular vertical as it has formerly been. And this has been fascinating, really exciting for me and so much for me to think about. But as we're coming to a close of this, I wanted to ask you if you had any final thoughts. They could be summarizing thoughts, but it could be something new that you have in mind for our community of corporate social impact practitioners. I think they need to take heart. It's all going in the positive direction. I think you will see. And I, I think the other trend we are seeing is the younger generation as they join a new employee recruitment, as they join businesses. They need to see a strong corporate social performance by a business. And I think you have right. a, what they should take heart from. This is a group of newcomers who are going to be in the business for the long haul to find ways to engage with them. It'll, it, it also has an impact on staff turnover. So people feel that they're part of something bigger. But there is corporate purpose to the organization right. and it's, deploying capital and building a business in accordance with its mission. That overarching mission becomes of the organization becomes more important than ever. So I think here, corporate social impact practitioners are being elevated, as I said previously as well, to a different level. And we hope that this trend continues. Absolutely. This has been really exciting for me to talk to you about. Thank you so much, Komal, for taking the time. And we look forward to seeing more of you and seeing more of the sustainable finance work that you're doing with our organizations, with our members at AVPN. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sid. Corporate Social Impact Insights is part of the AVPN Academy Corporate Social Impact Center, which is established in partnership with Johnson & Johnson, Miller Trust, and Visa. The center also includes self-paced modules, a library of content, and learning circles, which are a monthly series of small group discussions for corporate practitioners. Learn more at academy.avpn.asia. This is a monthly podcast series, and we hope you will tune in for another episode soon. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.